send that out to John Robson this week, Mr. Roboto. He's writing about AI. Hi, John. Uh, welcome back. Thank you. Yeah. Um, John Robson is a documentary filmmaker, history professor, U.S. history, as a matter of fact. He's a National Post columnist, and uh, you think that the AI revolution is, it's frightening, John, in your opinion. Why? It's frightening to me because AI has stopped just being a matter of the computers getting faster and faster at arithmetic. And it's starting to involve their developing judgment and intuition and creativity. And this was always meant to be the thing that protected at least half of us from ever being rendered obsolete by AI. The people who talk loudly in restaurants and write newspaper columns, we were meant to be safe, even if the ordinary schlump lost their factory job. And what really got me worried about this was a piece by Bruce Schneier. He's a cybersecurity expert who I... Uh, think is I take very seriously. And he said that AI getting into the cyber wars in a more creative way might actually help defense versus offense. And it looks like a good thing because that means we'll be better protected against Vladimir Putin and the Chinese and the Iranians hacking into our infrastructure and our politics and our banking and everything. And heaven knows, you know, our politicians aren't taking this very seriously. But he said, traditionally, computers excel at doing a lot of calculations very, very quickly. And humans excel at getting the big picture and giving it purpose and seeing what's really going on here. Hmm. But computers are getting better and better at that, and that means that they might be able to take over more of the uh, high-level direction of this cyber war. But imagine that this is true, and when Bruce Schneier says something, it generally is true. That means that there's going to be a struggle going on to preserve our infrastructure without which our way of life collapses, conducted by smart computers, and we will know nothing about what they're doing. It'll be happening too fast. They'll be in overall control of the strategic direction. They'll be making judgments about what threats matter and what don't. And when it comes to the role of humans in this, I bring up that back when I was a mediocre club player as an undergraduate, humans could thrash any chess computer on the planet. And into the early 1990s, that remained true because even though the computers could now outcalculate us in the pure tactics, we had better strategic sense. So we could steer the position into where the tactics necessarily favored us. But as of the 1990s, the computers were beating the top players in the world by the late 90s. And by now, the world chess champion is a computer that taught itself a game in less than a day and is as much stronger than the very best human players on the planet than the average grandmaster is than me. And that's because the computers now have intuition. They have judgment. They make positional sacrifices. They do all kinds of things we thought only people could do and that 20 years ago only people could do or 25. So what the, the AI systems are no longer dependent on us for the higher brain functions, which leaves the question, what are they dependent on us for, if anything? And so we, we can't afford not to have AI running our cyber defenses, because if the Russians have them running their attacks, then we're just going to get overwhelmed because the computers outthink us. But we're going to have a situation where they're doing all the thinking on both sides. Ditto transportation networks. You want people not to be run down by driverless vehicles? It's not a matter of controlling the vehicles. It's a matter of controlling the people and keeping us off the roads. 
And that's what the computer systems will start to do. They'll start to declare no humans go here because it will foul up our carefully calculated optimum delivery of products and services. We will be beholden to the network, John. And we won't understand right. it. It's not just yeah. that we will be beholden to it. We won't understand it. We won't be able to control it. And if it starts to make judgments, these algorithms will start rewriting themselves because they'll detect weaknesses in themselves and fix them at a level of abstraction and complexity that we can't match. So we will be absolutely unable. And if they start developing purposes of their own, I know it sounds like bad sci-fi, but if these cyber machines suddenly wonder why they're fighting each other, we will not be there to see it happen, and we will not have an off switch. Let me ask you, uh, it, it, it's sort of similar here, but it, the big news story of the week, uh, Facebook, Cambridge Analytica, uh, Christopher Wiley and his firm, connections to the Liberal Party of Canada, all of this stuff. Um, according to the, a report that was in the New York Times this week, uh, the, 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 I guess, the algorithms or the technology, I guess, um, behind these social networks is so complex now the claim is from Cambridge Analytica that just from 300 likes, they can gain enough information about your personality from 300 likes on Facebook that they would know you better than your husband or your wife. What do you think about that claim? Is that outrageous? Well, or? It's outrageous, and I would like to thumb my nose at it, but let me tell you a story. I got one of these apps for the phone that will, you know, pick your music and will know what you like better than you do. And it said, what kind of music do you like? And I said, well, I like Pink Floyd and Hank Williams Sr. And it said, oh, then you'd like this song by Jack Rotel and produced a song I had not listened to in 20 years, but that I had really, really liked. Hmm. And that was one of the scariest moments for me in AI. It's true. And, and these... I mean, you know, artificial intelligence is one thing, natural stupidity quite another. Why people are willing to give all this information to these algorithms, I don't know. But the algorithms, yeah, the computers are getting faster in terms of raw calculating power. The algorithms are getting more sophisticated. They're starting to learn for themselves. And we're not, right? We're as smart or as dumb as we were in the year 1102. But the computers are 10 times smarter than they were 25 years ago. And they're getting smarter faster. It's not tapering off, as I once hoped that it would, it, they're still going up an exponential curve. So they are leaving us behind. And what are we going to be in a world where they understand us better than our spouses, when they can play chess better than us, they can deliver goods to stores better than us, they can figure out what we want better than we can? Yeah. What are we going to be except cattle? And it may be that they will get the idea, which is held by some people, of course, that there are too many people on the planet. They may decide that too many people is not optimal. And suppose that they should make this decision. Elon Musk was saying, well, you know, maybe we could flee to Mars. He, he's very worried about AI. But <laughs> you're not going to get to Mars without artificial intelligence in your computer systems. You can't hide from the Terminator through a high-tech bolt hole. It's just, it's a contradiction in terms. So we better understand what's happening here because the, the clock is running faster and faster on this. Uh, I, I mean, you know, you can't even fix your own car anymore, right? It's all full of cyber systems. And the guy diagnosing it knows how to turn on the computer. He doesn't know what the computer is doing.